Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this fine Wednesday? Uh, we're going to do AFC North today. And yes, I will probably spend a little extra time on the Steelers draft. Just nature of the beast. I was down there at the facility for the whole draft. I watched it all. I was on the broadcast for almost every hour of it. So I'm a little more on top of that one, and I will talk to that one uh, qu- quite a bit, and we'll save that for last. But that doesn't mean the Bengals, Brownies, and Birdies aren't going to get some attention. I'm at Williamson NFL. I'm at WilliamsonFootball.com. Check out the rest of the Locked On Network, including the NBA side. The things are picking up big there. As for the birdies, well, you probably figured this out by now, but they made my favorite pick of the draft. Lamar Jackson, 32 overall. It cost them their second-round pick next year to move back to get him, but they'd accumulated some picks by moving down earlier in the draft. He's my favorite quarterback in the draft. Get him at 32. I think this is a life-altering moment, and it'll be Ozzy's legacy in a wonderful way. I think it won't be long. I mean, they'll probably be competitive. I I don't know that he's going to take Flacco's seat as the top dog this year unless they get to, you know, out of playoff contention. But it wouldn't shock me if there's a package for him almost every, every week. Early returns are very positive. I don't put much stock in that. But I love Jackson. Getting him at 32 is the pick of the draft, by far, in my opinion. I can't say it enough. The rest of this draft doesn't do a lot for me, though. I mean, Hayden Hurst is an overage guy with three touchdowns in his career at 25 at tight end. That seemed early for me. I thought he was a mid-second round guy. And some seem really high on him. He is a two-way tight end. He can line up in line. Their tight end situation was awful. I mean, awful before the draft. So they also used a third-round pick, 86 overall, on Mark Andrews. I just don't love Hurst or Andrews all that much. They're they're dissimilar styles of tight end. Like I said, Hurst can certainly stretch the field, but he's a inline guy, will block, can also you know move around as all tight ends do nowadays. He's certainly not just an inline blocker they used the first-round pick on. But wouldn't you rather have Lamar Jackson at 25 and thir- than Hurst? Like, that to me is weird. Like, why? You obviously had a good grade on Jackson, and you picked Hurst over him just seven picks earlier? Ugh. I don't like that. Um, Andrews is much more of a move tight end. And wide open spread Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, Baker Mayfield. I just think he's a finesse player. I've heard people that like him say he's a lot like Evan Ingram. I think that's... Far too courteous, to be very honest with you. But he is more of a finesse player. Orlando Brown is anything but a finesse player. He is a gigantic player, and his dad played for the Ravens. Offensive tackle, 83rd pick overall. I guess I'm fine with that. His combine was historically awful. But his tape is better than that. No one expected him to be a good athlete, and he wasn't even close. Seemed a little early, but tackles don't grow on trees. They do want to establish a run game. There's familiarity with the family, obviously. Okay, you know, I mean, do you want a big, heavy, plodding line for a really athletic quarterback in Jackson down the line? I guess you could look at that several ways. You know, you are going to be a running team with Jackson, and Brown does that well. Um, Just while we're talking offensive linemen, Bradley Bozeman in the sixth round was also a a kind of well-known center because he played at Bama. They lost Jensen this past year. Bozeman, 
maybe is the only player in the draft who was less athletic than, than Brown. I mean, they might be the two least athletic linemen in the league or in the, this draft. They also took Greg Sinat from Wagner, developmental tackle, six-round pick. Those two are both six-rounders, Bozeman and Sinat. Can't say I know a ton about Sinat, but what I, I have not watched him, what I've read about him isn't all that impressive. Uh, sticking with the Bama theme, as Ozzy often does, Anthony Averett, fourth-rounder, you know, fourth 118th pick overall. They had three fourth-round picks. They also had three six-rounders with all those trading down they did. Um, Averitt's a slot corner. He was a walk-on at Bama, self-made guy, tough, well-coached, plays smart, probably low bust potential, low ceiling, slot corner, you know, but I'm not doing jumping jacks over that pick either. Um, Elliott, Deshaun Elliott was a six-round pick, safety. Kenny Young, fourth-round pick, linebacker. Both good athletes. Tape's not as good as their testing was. Big school guys. I guess my... I don't have problems with those picks, particularly Elliott. Elliott had a little more pedigree and was a little more well-known, at least to me, than Young. Was... They need so much on offense that I don't know that I'd be using, you know, two of your fourth-round picks on D and Elliott, although he slipped a little. They did take two receivers back-to-back -back at the end of the fourth and the fifth round and Jaleel Scott from New Mexico State and Jordan Lasley from UCLA. There were some off-the-field concerns, major drop concerns with Lasley, but productive, can get downfield, was Rosen's favorite target. So I think that pick will probably work out. I could see him paying off. But like I said, the, the Ravens made my favorite pick in the draft. But other than that, I wasn't as high on their draft as a lot of people were. There's a lot of people that are saying, Ozzy went out with a bang. This is a historically great draft class. I think he made a monster pick. But the rest of it I could kind of do without. All right, next up we got the Cincinnati Bengals. And I like their draft. And I think you have to equate into their draft that... <coughs> Excuse me, they traded down the first round, got a left tackle, Cordy Glenn. Massive need. And then they took Billy Price, who it sounds like he'll be ready to go. Center, can also play guard. Their center position's been terrible. I'm glad that they addressed the offensive line in a big way. You know, first round pick and a starter in Glenn. Uh, that's two immediate starters. Goes a long way. Bowling's already there, and then you have some other pieces so I think those are nice picks. Well, one the, the price pick is a nice pick. Everyone said they wanted Ragnow. That's fine, but and they settled for Price. I don't know if that's settling. I think Price is a really good prospect. Uh, they also took in the seventh round a guard named Rod Taylor from Ole Miss. Um, I think he might make the team and help. Uh, what I've seen of him, I like. So that that was an underrated, under the under the radar type pick. This team usually takes brand name players, you know, like big schools, guys you've known, you've watched, star potential, and that was a true again today, or this year. Uh, Jesse Bates in the second round, much more free safety, but there was some first round buzz around him. They got him at 54. They like their safeties to play well off the line of scrimmage, usually in a too high situation. He fits that well. Playmaker, I think that's a good pick. Sam Hubbard, a third rounder, they two threes, a three fives, and three sevens. Uh, Hubbard, a lot thought would go higher than 77th overall. I thought he was not a first round player, like some mocks said, 
But I also didn't think he was 77th best player in the draft either. Defensive end with size. Something they like to go with a guy like Lawson and Willis from last year. I'm going to say a lot of good things about this Bengals defense, by the way. I think this defense has a chance to be one of the best in the league. They are loaded on defense. And no one seems to be talking about it. And they had another defender, linebacker that can really run, Malik Jefferson, in the third round. Not super instinctive, more athlete than football player, highly recruited guy, the usual story with some of these dudes. But boy, they needed some speed on the second level. Perfect is hard to count on, to put it mildly. Um, I like that pick at that late. I mean, to get them late in the third like that, you're adding some brand name dudes, Bates, Hubbard, Jefferson, to add to an already really good defense. The Mark Walton pick was odd to me in the fourth round, but I like the player a lot. You know, like I thought he'd be a third rounder. Uh, Hurt his ankle, didn't test well, but I think he looks better than that on tape. Kind of has some Gio Bernard to him, but Gio's a, uh, under contract for two more years, and Mixon's under contract for three more years. And, you know, so I, I like the value. If you told me that somebody took Mark Walton with the 112th pick in the draft, I'd say, wow, nice, nice job. Uh, he may come in and help you right now and be a sleeper. And maybe he's this year. Being the team, or, you know, you know, I'm not saying it's anything to hear anything or anything. But the Bengals, drafted your third back. You know, like, Fair enough. I mean, I can't complain too much about taking a good player that was probably their best player on the board. I just don't know how he helped for a while. Now, they took two small school corners, Devontae Harris from Illinois State and Darius Phillips from Western Michigan, both in the fifth round. Don't know a ton about those guys, but they have a pretty crowded corner room, and I'm not sure that both can make the team. But they had four, five, six, seven, eight. They had 11 picks in this draft, so it's hard to kind of find spots for all of them. Um, wouldn't shock me if one of those two ends up somewhere else. Andrew Brown was a guy I was really intrigued with early in the process, and then I soured on the more I watched. He was like the super defensive tackle recruit. Watched a couple highlights of him, and he looked great. And then the more and more I watched of him, the slower and more methodical he looked. Um, but he's not the Geno Atkins here. I mean, he's the nose tackle type. And this is an, a defense that really uses, you know, um, you know, Andrew Billings, you know, Domica Pico. And so he plays a little high, and he's not Casey Hampton, that's for sure. But fifth round defensive tackle that has ability, maybe you develop him. Certainly more nose than three technique, though. Um, Auden Tate was a guy that was getting a lot of buzz early in the process, but he's kind of a slow lumberer, and we've seen a lot of these really tall receivers that aren't lasers fall in the draft. And I think Tate ran like a 4-7. So he probably won't make the team, but with your last pick in the seventh round, fine. And Logan Woodside is a quarterback from Toledo that I like a lot. You know, I think he's a really good developmental player to get him at the beginning of the seventh. I like that pick. I bet that pays off down the road. I bet Woodside stays in this league for a while. All right, the Cleve Brownies, who had the first and fourth pick in the draft, as all of you know. First of all, a little pet peeve of mine. Like I said, I've told you this before on these shows. I don't, you know, read a lot of the report card these guys got and all that. But it makes me crazy when people in this profession that I share with people, you know, ESPN or NFL.com or whatever site or whoever they work for, there's so many good people out there. But then a lot of people don't like writing these report cards. But when you write a report card for a team that has 
Pick number 1, 4, 33, 35, 67, 105, 150, 175, 188. That's a heck of a lot different than the Eagles report card. Because <laughs> it doesn't have anything. And all their picks in the round are late. And they didn't have a second or third to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, you better hit on a lot of these guys. I mean, you have an unbelievable deck of cards in your hand. Stack of cards in your hand. You better win money on this stuff. You know what I mean? And to be honest... I don't think the Browns did enough. It's a very good draft. It makes them a much better team. But I don't think they did enough with the cards they were given, to be honest with you. And I have some doubts about Mayfield. Um, I would have taken Darnold over him. You guys know Lamar Jackson is my number one quarterback. And I understand that he was not in the mix for number one. So I'm going to exclude him from that conversation. And Mayfield might be great, and I know some of this stuff's overblown, but small, small hands, not big arm. I've just seen it firsthand in Cleveland. That's a rough move, man. But they took Mayfield. Um, I'd be shocked if he's a great player. You know what I mean? Uh, he's not. I would take Rosen ahead of him. I'd take Darnold ahead of him. I'd take Jackson ahead of him. Um, so, we'll see. Yeah, I guess I'm not going to kill them for that, but they, they did more homework than we than I did. But... I understand the Denzel Ward pick at four, but you can't convince me that a short corner is the fourth best player in this draft or the second best position player in this draft. And I definitely would have taken Chubb. And you guys know I don't love Chubb. You know, I just think Chubb next to Garrett for all those years would be phenomenal. And like I said, I understand the Ward maneuver here. Greg Williams is our defensive coordinator. They want man coverage players. He played a ton of man at Ohio State. Um, he has the body type to put up you know, with an Antonio Brown. And they're going to blitz a ton, so they would prefer to put their resources in corners and cover men rather than pass rushers. Yeah, but if someone's handing you a great pass rusher, you don't turn down. You know, like, Ward's a great player. He's a top 10 player, but he's not the fourth best player. I could much rather make the argument that Chubb was the fourth best player. I understand both these picks. It's not the direction I would have went. Austin Corbett is a really good player. First pick in the second round. And so is Chubb. You know, third pick in the second round. But my thing with Corbett is they're really set at guard. And Corbett was a tackle, and I know that you know, New England did this with Wynn, and he's a tackle that was projected to guard. They're going to put him at left tackle, and we're all going to say Belichick's so smart. And meanwhile, Corbett's going to be like, um, you know, the guard that, I don't know, left tackle's their biggest need. Is he a tackle? Or is he just the best offensive lineman available? Can he get away with short sets and not, you know, not a lot of seven-step drops? And he's your left tackle for a long time. He's listed as a guard. They don't need guards. They don't need centers. They don't need a running back either, but I really like Nick Chubb. You know, and I just don't think that this team's in the position to take luxury picks like Chubb after signing Hyde and having Duke. He's a very good runner. He's a very talented player. He might go right past Hyde. But why not take a defensive lineman or another defensive back? You know, I mean, like, I just struggle a little with all four of those picks, considering how high they are and the draft capital they have. Chad Thomas is intriguing. Um, finally, go get their edge guy. He has some upside to him. 
okay. I mean, I get that third rounder, early third rounder. That seemed early for me, to, for him too. Um, Dorsey, the GM, took a took a chance on Tyreek Hill, taking a big, big chance on Antonio Callaway. I'm not gonna tell you Callaway is Hill, but Callaway is absolutely one of the most gifted wide receivers in this draft. This draft was absolutely not on some draft boards. So, is that the culture you want to bring into a team that's won one game in two ga one game in two years? Be different if it was New England. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta be careful with that stuff. Love the Avery pick. Big downhill, fast linebacker from Memphis in the fifth round. Also can play off the edge. Um, shocked he lasted this long. I liked that pick a lot. And then they took a wide receiver and a D-back that I honestly don't know a whole heck of a lot of in, in the sixth round. But they did well. I mean, they are a much better team. That's undeniable. But wouldn't all of us, if we were picking make them a much better team with the resources they had. And I'm not saying they missed. It's just not the direction I would go, I guess is the best way to say it. All right, the Pittsburgh Steelers draft. Got a lot of criticism about it, and I can understand it, and I'm not going to be a Steelers apologist to the best of my abilities, but being in the building when all this happened, I'll tell you how I reacted to each pick, and then... You find more things out when you're there and you understand the logic. And that's going to make me sound like a Steelers homer. And I get that. But when they took Terrell Edmonds with the 28th pick overall, my jaw dropped and I said, what? You could get this guy at least a round later. Super duper spark score. Looks the part. I met him. Great guy. Brother got drafted a couple of picks before. Dad was in the league. Steeler GM Kevin Colbert actually scouted his dad, Farrell Edmonds. Knows the family well. High character, football IQ, massive versatility. First off, they absolutely would have taken Van Der Esch or Evans if they were there. But they didn't see the rest of this linebacking class as difference makers slash severe replacements. So what they're going to do, and I'll probably spend another podcast really laying this out for you guys, is they're going to play big safeties like Morgan Burnett, Marcus Allen, who they took in the fifth round, and Terrell Adams, or Terrell Edmonds, in big nickel slash dime personnel. And they're going to have a lot of big safety slash versatile athletes basically on the second level of defense. Um it just that's where their team speed, their versatility, all those things will come from. And that can work. I mean, it's just an untraditional Steeler type of, you know, way of lining up. You know, just don't think of them now as the old school 3-4, you know, just line up in two inside linebackers. I think things are changing. And it's not a team that changes a lot. I also warmed up to Edmonds after interviewing Kevin Colbert, and he said... He has a very, he played with a very bad shoulder injury 